Welcome to Inside Aesthetics, the podcast for cosmetic, wellness, and business insider knowledge. I'm Dr. Jake Sloan, a cosmetic doctor based in Sydney, and I'm joined by my co-host and good friend, David Segal, an entrepreneur and a multi-clinic owner in the aesthetic space. We'll cover any topic that makes you look or feel good with long form, unbiased, and unfiltered conversations with expert guests from around the world. New episodes are released every Friday and you can subscribe for free on your favorite podcast app, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You should seek medical advice before undergoing any treatment or procedure, and these podcasts do not replace a professional and bespoke consultation. Hello. Hey. Hello, Kylie. How are you? This is Serendipitous. It is. It is. It's like as Jake was Jake was just saying, it feels like we're on a blind date. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. This is a it's new... a bit weird. And to be honest, if I'd overthought it, I probably never would have come on your podcast. I would have been too shy. So this oh, is probably good. Well, there you just go. Just throw into it. Well, yeah, the spontaneity is going to, it'll be fun. So, be what, so, so why are we here? What happened? How did we? Okay. Because <laughs> obviously when this, by the time this comes out, everyone's going to be yeah. saying, what the hell are you talking about? Yes. Yeah, okay. what's going on? Well, <laughs> let's not call our guest out. We, we don't know. Maybe something has happened, but they, they didn't show up to our Zoom, our, our pre-recorded, oh, sorry, our pre-scheduled time. So we put a message out to our Inside Aesthetics WhatsApp group and you answered the call. You said, I'll do an episode with no planning. So we're just what? going to shoot from the hip here and yep. and just see what happens. What could go wrong? Yeah. What well, could go wrong? Yeah. Well, look, we're going to make this episode eight of the Injector Diaries. I think that's a perfect episode. And you told me just five minutes ago that we've apparently met before very briefly. Very briefly. I, I was at RPA for 15 years. Wow. And uh, I think I just left when you were just arriving. I just got off the, the boat from England. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we literally just like sliding doors, cross paths. All right. Mm. So that's Royal Prince Alfred Hospital here in Sydney. This big teaching hospital. Oh, and what were I you doing a, there? I'm a theatre nurse by training. Okay. And that's how I got into this sort of industry. Right. I majored in plastics reconstructive surgery. And I used to go with a very well-renowned surgeon called David Pennington. We used to go and do aid work in Nepal. Wow. Still do in a non-COVID time. Yep. And he'd always take the plastic and reconstructive registrars with him to Nepal. And it was literally over one night in Kathmandu over drinks saying to the boys, one day you're going to be big surgeons to the stars, you plastics. Your patients are going to want non-surgical options. And they said, well, you you can do it. We yep. just want to, you know, surgeon. I just want to operate. Um, so when they moved into private practice in 2010, I started injecting for them. And I still do. Um, even though I don't live in Sydney anymore, I still yep. travel and inject with right. those boys. Uh, Dr. Alex Foon, yep. Rohit Kumar. Yep. Um, I started injecting with Philip Rome. Um, he was my first. So it's nice to keep that relationship up. Absolutely. And uh, and then I went, I really like this. It's and a lot of fun. It is. And mm. so tell us about um, your practice, where you're at. I know you said you're not in Sydney. I believe you're in Orange. Which um, yeah. explain orange for the people who don't live in Australia and me because I've never been yeah, there. It's not just a fruit; it's a place. Yeah. <laughs> That's correct. I'm going to sell you on this little town, but not too much. I don't yep. want you all to love too much. Um, yeah, I hate the word journey. I think it's been overused in all those Australian Idol shows, but it has <laughs> been a bit of a journey from the operating theatres of RPA to what was very much a side business. Um, we moved to Orange five years ago in 2017 and to paint the picture for us, it's a town of about 45,000 people, mm -hmm. about four hours west of Sydney. Um, there's a lot of industry here. We have gold mine. Uh, we have two uh, universities, three private hospitals. 
three hospitals, including a base hospital. Um, so there's lots of industry, Department of Primary Industries based here. And when I moved here in 2017, I was walking down the main street, looking around, thinking people are getting service. Where are they getting it from? Because there's no one here. Um, and people were flying out. There was a lot of fly-in, fly-outs from Sydney and people would travel to Sydney for it. So I went, right, I'm going all in on this. So in 2017, I became a full-time injector, contracting into other people's businesses. Mm -hmm. And that ranged from beauty therapists to dermatologists to plastic surgeons, dental clinics, the works under many different sort of systems, which eventually sort of honed down to fresh. And the vision was to bring what was a standalone medical cosmetic clinic to Orange. Um, Sydney had them. They were everywhere. Jade, I'm familiar with yours, Infinity Clinic, beautiful clinic. That's what I wanted to bring yeah. to Orange. So that was the vision. And, and I finally realized that last year and opened my well and was locked down for the yes. first month. <laughs> oh, so man. I've had the unique challenge of setting up a multidiscipline sort of holistic clinic with lots of different services under the cloud of COVID in regional New South Wales. Wow. I that think the word journey is appropriate yeah that's um that's a challenge not only from a medical perspective but from a business perspective because we were living in such unknown weird times and we didn't yeah. know what one day was going to be bringing from you know from the from the previous so that's that's incredible so how did you get started with this so what was you know the first steps and what were some of the challenges that you faced along along the way interested to sort of get an understanding of how you kicked it all off well, to set up the clinic, the, the, one of the challenges of being regionally based is um, things like training mm -hmm. or even ordering product or equipment mm -hmm. um, does come with an extra challenge. So we're a relatively new clinic. I don't have the cash flow to say I'm going to order a month's worth of product. I'm sort of ordering it week to week or fortnight to fortnight, but there's not that reliability of the product coming out. I had done my research on my demographic in the town here. I'd planned my team, the services that I wanted, and the big major piece of investment that I was had that I have is a Qtera XLV Plus, beautiful laser. Spent big money on this laser. No one could deliver it. And no one could come and train because mm. of COVID. So we, we received a $180,000 laser and had to do Zoom training. Um so the, all that sort of stuff just added an extra layer of pressure. And it, like you said, David, from a business perspective, uh, especially in a regional town, they wanting mm. to see, well, what has a previous business earned with yep. this? Yep. Well, there is one. What, um, what did you make last month? Well, I was a contractor last month that mm. I didn't have. Yep. So the loans I took out to start this were all personal loans, not business loans. Right. Um, wow. Yeah. And, and, I, and I've brought in staff, local staff. Everyone here is local. Yeah. Um, on promises, yes, come, I will pay you, and then yeah. locked down. So that um that takes some pretty big balls, Kylie. Um, yeah, I must, some I must would say, say it is I mean, madness. yeah, I mean, you've you've taken on a, a lot of debt in your in your personal name, and um, yeah. not many people are prepared to do that. And you know, it's sort of quite interesting when you sort of get a business to a point where it's successful, and you, you're doing all the great things, and people are you know patting you on the back and, and telling you how great you are. A lot of the time, um, particularly staff, um, don't recognize or appreciate the risks that you needed to take before it was successful before because everyone can say congratulations once it's already done right but when you start becoming successful a lot of the time that that sort of understanding of what's gone into that the, the stress that you must have been under the risks you know the belief in yourself the belief in the vision um is something that not a lot of people understand so that that's really admirable that's uh Thank that's you. yeah that's really really well, inspirational stuff yeah i do sure. i do have a vision and i do believe it will work i truly believe in what what we're doing and that like you said but i do it does you're right from a perspective when someone walks up to you in the street and says 
gosh, your clinic looks great. You're so lucky. And yeah. you go, yeah, yep, that'll be it. Yeah. Luck. Well, to quote the thing behind you, I like the way you work it, no diggity. <laughs> <laughs> That's my little inspirational yeah. poster on the wall. And what were your what were your sort of friends and family? You know, everyone's got an opinion, um, yes. especially family, especially, you know, your parents, probably from a more conservative generation or people that think, what are you doing? Yes. Just go to the hospital, be safe. Go, like, So what were those sort of conversations like and how did you process them in your own they, mind and, and, and sort of, I guess, I'm assuming a lot of people said don't do it, but I could be wrong. How did yes, you sort of push back against that and, and convince yourself that even all these people who you love and respect are telling you the opposite? How do you cross yeah, that mental that mental barrier? Very, it was challenging. My my parents were um, supportive emotionally. Yes. They have no funding to be supporting financially, but they said if this, this is what you want to do. My mum's been in the cosmeceutical industry for right. a long time. She's yeah. still she's retired now, but she still contracts to Gemma Energy. And she she knows the industry and she knows the demographic from coming out here. And she could see there was a space for this, but it yeah. had to be done well and right. Yeah. So she's been very supportive. Um, but there have been a lot of friends that are just like, you're mad, especially in this in this um, climate. Yeah. What are you doing? And why do it now? Why would you do it now? Um, so it's just... I suppose just having, I've got a lot of people around me. I've created a real tribe of other women who own local businesses. I have a business coach who knows yep. nothing about the aesthetic industry, yep. but knows orange and knows full business. Yep. So it's just about basically surrounding yourself with the people who are going to lift you up and be constructive in their feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Such good advice. Can I ask you, um, when you reflect on your days in theatre, I, I don't know how long you did that for, I'm guessing... 15 years. Okay, 15 years. Do you ever look back on that and think, wow, I miss it or I don't miss it? Like, how has it changed your yeah. life? Well, you know, Jake, when you're there, especially when you're in your junior days, you live there. I was, my main <laughs> yeah. thing was plastics reconstructive and liver transplant. So you could finish a shift and then find out there's a transplant. You could be there for days on mm. end. Um, and that creates a real family and a real team. And in setting up my clinic here, I really wanted a vision of family and team, but I, it's hard to get if you're mm. not there at the point of life and death locked in a room all day. Um, I miss I miss that camaraderie, especially when I went to going to be a full-time injector in other people's businesses. I was the outsider going to the beauty salon or going to the doctor's rooms, and I miss that collegiality a lot. I also miss the last 12 months going from a contractor in other people's businesses to having my own business, as you would know, David, and mm-hmm. you too, Jack. It never stops. Mm-hmm. It never stops. I could work through the night and still have work to do. And I do miss the, um, all right, tools down, this patient's sewn up, that's it, I'm off, see yep. you guys. And you walk out of that operating theatre, you can't take any of that home with you. Mm. Um, I miss that. <laughs> yeah, it's mental, isn't it? I mean, even though you might not have any patients booked in, um, you're constantly thinking about your business. You're looking at your diary, looking at how many appointments or you've got yes. coming into the future. You might be worrying about, you know, a patient that you treated. Is there any issues? Like it's just, it's it's not so much the physical side, although there is a lot of physical work and effort involved. It's the mental constant never being able to switch off that I think a lot of people don't appreciate. Well, a great example, which is why Kylie's free. She was supposed to be training with a patient and they didn't show up. So, they're you know, fine, that, that's yeah. two hours of your day where you could have been learning or making money or something else. That's Suddenly right. you're not. We were, so, exactly right. This this patient had offered to let us use half her neck 
yeah. to do um, subdermal tox and PRP, which yep. we offer here, and half a neck with a booster and a subdermal tox. We wanted to get some baselines because, like you, we're training in this new product that's coming in. And um, I just wanted to see what we could do. And we'd set aside some time and my nurse. Yeah. So we could have been both in with a patient right now. Right. And you're right, David. My mind is like a pinball machine yeah. some days. There's so much to learn. Yeah. I'm doing staff wages. I'm doing super and yeah. you know, buzz. And it's hard when you're with the patient that you focus on that patient and yeah. you focus on the clinical aspect. Yeah. Um, so there's there's an awful lot. I feel like my, some days my brain just feels like a pinball machine. Yeah. A lot to I've got so many business questions. I'm going to hog. The, I mean, you do something medical. No, you know? no, no, no. <laughs> I actually want to know a bit more about orange <laughs> yes. um, and, and regional injecting. So, yeah. like you say, yeah. I, I know, well, I don't know well, but I know that some doctors who used to do the fly in, fly out thing, exactly as you said. And, right. you know, I, I did a little bit, but to Brisbane, so it wasn't regional. It was, you know, sort of a, an established city. And there is obviously always that worry of the continuing patient care and so on. So, I made sure I had a very decent doctor around in Brisbane once I'd gone just in case anything happened but what was your view on that fly-in fly-out model prior to you setting up did you think it was a bit uh, risky I guess well it depends there are some injectors that come out here that are highly experienced and I've had good relationships with them for example when Sydney was locked down but we were free um, they would send me the patient's notes and I would treat the patients and make sure the patients went back to them afterwards. It's mm. quite nice. And I, they know that I'm here if anything was to happen. But there are others. I've worked under different doctors and different models. When I started doing regional work, I think my record was 27 patients in a Oh day, in an appointment. Let's be honest, you don't want to be patient number 27. No. And when I'm living in the town where this is happening, you know, I'm going to have to see these people at the school gates. Um, yeah. And I think that is definitely one of your regional challenges we all feel it's important to treat every person uniquely and individually. We all feel it's important to give the patient the time that they deserve for a proper consultation. But when you live in a town where you can you can be rest assured, you're going to see them at Harris Farm on a Saturday, you're going to see them at your kids dancing, you want to make sure that you are giving them the best consultation and the giving them the best experience they can have because in a regional area, good news travels really well, mm. but bad news travels even faster. Yeah. So that is definitely a challenge definitely definitely a challenge and um we've had patients come to us uh with quite unique uh substandard or suboptimal outcomes and i've said you need to go back to the person who's you've been, who's treated you and they said well they're not back for six weeks mm. eight weeks and, I'm yeah. like, well, um, and that's right and i know a lot of other fellow injectors i'm um a, i have a mentor in the industry kelly george oh, yeah. and she's very similar to me She's delightful, based in Tamworth, and this is sort of what I've modelled my clinic on. It's a regionally based, multi-sort of option clinic, and um, she's had a very similar situations where yeah. people have come to her and said, you've got to fix this, and she's like, I didn't do that. Um, but there's a duty of care there, right? So, um, yeah, that's quite challenging. But the, I'd say the regional challenges in short form would be you know everyone around town, Um also, when I moved out here, if I'd set this clinic up when I first moved out here five years ago, I don't think it would have worked. There's a huge amount of stigma around this industry still, mm. um, which is in the city. It's just self-care. You might yeah. get it. You might not get it. Not a problem. Here, those types of people um, are viewed quite, there's a lot of judgment still. Mm. And that, to me, that comes down to education and breaking down that stereotype, but it's taken a long time. Um, and yeah. that's something that we're constantly contending with as well. 
Yeah. So, so who's your average patient? You know, what, what's your demographic like? Who are you seeing? Yeah. So my demographic is mostly 35 to 55. Because we have the laser and we have the PRP, we have a contractor that comes in and does HIFU. We don't do a lot of the young ones. We have two chain clinics here in Orange. Mm-hmm. So we're not, we don't compete with them on price. Yep. So uh, as a result, most of our patients are female, 35 to 55 professionals. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we've actually just tipped the scales here in Orange. There are more people in Orange born in Sydney than born in Orange. Mm. So that's helping to bring around that education of what's available and what's out there and yeah. what we could do for you. So that's certainly helping. Um, I love the idea or like the trend that I'm seeing around clinics not wanting to compete on price with chain clinics. And I think that it's it's so important um, that people just make that make that like are able to distinguish the difference between what you're getting in terms of your experience, your results potentially, and not playing that game, which is that race to the bottom. Um, and I think that's, it's, it takes, again, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of courage to do that, especially in, in a small town because they are a force to be reckoned with. They do have unlimited marketing budgets. They do have the power of numbers and brand that yeah. everyone knows about. So to do that is, is also really tough. And I, you just got to, you seem like the sort of person that just is happy to back take yourself. take take the leap and and back yourself. And Ooh, I, you, I, could I think be better pa- at it. yeah, <laughs> well, we all could be right. Um, but I think patients are starting to see it too. I'm obviously in Sydney, so there's a lot of competition here, and you are starting to see people become a lot more educated around what are they getting for their money. It's and I, I don't even think it's purely comes down to what is the price that you're paying. I think it's around the value proposition, which is I might pay a little bit more. But uh, what am I getting for that? I'm getting someone that has been injecting for probably many more years. Mm. I don't feel like I'm a piece of meat on a turn to, on a on a um on a conveyor belt. Um, I'm in an environment where it's calm. Maybe there's a bit more privacy. The injector is going to be there when I come back in 12 months to see them again. Um, and just a different type of culture in in the in the clinic as well. I think that there has been historically this need to try and be a clinic that does everything for everyone, fast, high turnover, in, out. And I just think that whilst that does have a place in the industry, it is really refreshing to see clinics opening up that are taking a different approach and not continuing to drive the price down for the sake of volume. And the key that you you actually said, Kylie, is taking your time on consults to really think about what you're doing and do proper treatment planning, proper facial assessment. I'm sure you do photography and just take it all to the next level. Like every step is better and um, thought about, I guess. Can I? Isn't um, it nice when patients see that though, when they start to see the value of that? Yeah, Yeah. that's okay. And I think that your your patients, you'll you'll sort of self-select your patients. The patients that don't value that will go somewhere else. That's right. And you don't want them anyway, because if they can't see value in that, then they're probably not the sort of person that's going to resonate with you. That's right. It's just about not freaking out in the meantime. Yeah, it is. And not wanting to chase in under the circumstances, like I said, you know, setting up in COVID, all those personal loans, you want to chase that money. You think, oh, maybe I could just cut this down for you or I'll meet your budget. Yeah. So, and as a nurse, a hospital, nurse of many years we're not taught to stand by and mark or really market ourselves so to stand your ground and say no this is what i'm worth um because i have a master's and because i've done this and i've been injecting for this many years it's hard to do it doesn't sit comfortably with you naturally Mm -hmm. um but i'm learning to do it (laughs) yeah Um, and i really enjoyed your business of injecting podcasts for that oh awesome thank you um in terms of what you spoke about earlier in the discussion around 
the love that you had for the camaraderie and, and the family environment that was present at RPA through all your years of hospital nursing. How mm. are you sort of, and I'm happy to, we can even just sort of workshop this a bit now because I've got some pretty interesting ideas and, and things that have worked for me and things that haven't worked in the past in terms of developing that. So what are you actually doing to create that culture and that loyalty and that family kind of feel with your team? Yeah, I have a very interesting team. So it was very important to me that everyone in the team was experienced and local because that's one of our sort of unique selling propositions, if Mm -hmm. you will. But I only have two two members that are staff, my practice manager, Hayley, and my nurse, Sammy. And her background is very different to mine. She has a derm background. She's a derm nurse of eight years. Mm -hmm. Um, And I knew I wanted her from the the beginning. So I brought them on as staff and Sammy and I both agreed that we we jumped a bit high a bit soon. I brought her on with a very rigid contract. I'm going to pay you this much. And and like you said, in the business of injecting, there was no base or commission. It was just whether Sammy's working or not, I'm paying her. Yep. Um, so that was quite challenging. But then I've got contractors um, who I'm very clear at my business is the Cosmetic Collective. We are a collective of businesses under one roof uh, offering multiple services and it's really hard to say we're a family, but you're your own business. I'm not my, I'm not your boss, um, but you're part of the team. Mm-hmm. But you're, it, it was, it's created a sort of dichotomy or an interesting sort of mm-hmm. dynamic, and it's hard to not create division in that. Yeah, um, I'm not their boss, yeah, um, but I want one brand and one experience when you walk in. So it has been very challenging. We make sure we have quarterly team outings. Mm-hmm. We have the local business awards this Saturday night, and we've been invited. Um, Nominated. Nominated as Ooh, fantastic. Well done. Um, so just the team outings and things like that, I think, yeah. go a long way. And speaking to each person's language, uh, Hayley's 23 and she's come from a background in sales. Yep. She used to work for Telstra okay. in conflict resolution. So if you set Hayley a target, she's going to get that target. Yeah. She's motivated by goals and setting goals. Sammy likes to be trained and to learn new things and be taken on different things. So we yep. went to aesthetics. Um, so it's so sort of so finding their sort of professional love language, if you will. But yeah. that's something that we're still working through too. We've only been open 12 months. Um, yep. Well, not even yep. 12 months. Something that I found works really well, has worked really well for me in the past, and you, you may have done this, is just taking the time to understand what each person in your team wants for themselves as a long-term vision for a goal, financially, um, personally. And once you have an understanding of what each person wants, you can start to help get them to where they need to be. And it's something that I sort of got drilled into me for all my years of sales training was, was when you start managing sales teams of people that are very goal-focused and goal-orientated is to really get an understanding of what is it that you want. You want to own, you want to own your own business in X amount of years. You want to buy a house. You want to mm-hmm. start a family. Just having an understanding of a roadmap of where each person – and it's okay if it changes. I mean, the whole – cliche yeah. tell me your five-year plan thing which i think is bullshit there's like the world doesn't move in five years we're moving in like five month plans really i'm um, especially with younger people mm. um the goals are a lot more short term but do, i mean have you sort of embarked on those sorts of conversations and have a clear a clear understanding of everyone in your team absolutely um, yeah. yeah i think it's really important because i that's another regional challenge i, I like to i want to grow my team and keep them but yeah. should they leave I can't, it's not as easy to find someone. Yep. So it's really important that they're happy. Also, they're going out into what is a relatively small community to yeah. weekend soccer with their kids. Yeah. It's really important that they're saying, I love my job. Yeah. I love where I work. So, yeah, tapping into that is very important. And um, with with my two girls, with Sammy and Haley, I certainly have, but with the contractors, it's still hard yep. to try and figure, find that 
find that middle ground. Mm-hmm. It has to win for all of us. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been interesting. Um, you mentioned you got a mentor. How, how does that work? And and what's your relationship? How, how well do you know her? What what does she offer you? Oh, I was just the most pathetic fan girl, and <laughs> messaged her and said, "Can I come and follow you around?" Like, literally, I ghosted her. I ghosted her and went around after her like a like a puppy dog for a few days. <laughs> and she's one of those beautiful people in the industry that is generous with her knowledge. Yep. I think Kelly has. For those who don't know her, she's based in Tamworth. She has Kelly George aesthetics. She's quite a unique background in that she's one of the few nurses I know who came from a sales background. She worked for Allegan, right? And then decided she wanted to go into nursing. So she has something that a lot of us nurses don't have in that she knows how to brand how to market um and she's given that she's five hours from me we have no geographic uh competition Mm -hmm. so she's been very very um generous with her knowledge of managing staff policies and procedures systems and processes yeah um i'm very grateful for her yeah it's so important to find those people in, in any industry that you're in, whether you're an artist or a business owner like yourself, is to find mm. those people who operate from a different perspective, which is, I guess, love. Love of yeah. the industry, love of what they do, love of wanting to increase the standard of care to bring, you know, that whole concept of, you know, the high tide raises, raises all ships as opposed to people exactly. people who want to hold information, keep it for themselves, Um those people, I think, need to be avoided. <laughs> but, yes. it, but it is hard to find those people who are, who are generous and who aren't afraid of competition or aren't afraid of bringing other people up to their level because um, that's the only way we're going to progress as an industry. I'm sure you sort of had encountered people yeah. like that, Jake. Yeah. Look, you and I were just yeah. talking about this whole, you know, on Instagram, there's this kind of KOL debate of whether they should be rock stars, shouldn't they be rock stars, should they be doing, you know... I don't know, like there's just a bit of a debate about that kind of thing. What do you think about the whole KOL thing? You know, I'm labelled a KOL just because I trained for Allegan. I I didn't choose that title. Um, I don't even know what it means. I just share my knowledge, uh, uh, not just with Allegan, but, you know, online and and through Mm. the podcast. But what do you think? I mean, do you think we should be buying into that? Or or how do you pick your battles? Who, Who do you trust, I guess, is really what I'm asking. Yeah, it is. It's difficult because there are those that are very sort of brand aligned or agenda aligned. But I, I think I agree with David. I think in the industry, um, when you when you surround yourself with people who want to see others rise, I mean, look at that aesthetics conference the other weekend. Yeah. Just yes. People that just wanted to learn. Yeah. No one was there in competition, and even you could see as people walking around, so friendly, so open. Um, but you're so generous with your knowledge through your podcast and all those other things. I think anyone that would just take an exception to that probably has a little bit of a tall poppy syndrome, which I think we do that really well in Australia. I don't yeah, think we, we really that. like to take yeah. a tall poppy and just beat them down. I mean, regional areas, like I said, there's a lot of stigma and it yeah. can be tall poppy syndrome and being, you know, having a business of your own. Yeah. Um, and I look into the greater aesthetics industry and I see the same. Like yeah. someone seemed to do well or their trajectory is on their eyes. Let's just pull them down a few pegs. So yeah. yeah, it's an I interesting. Like it. It's an interesting psychology, isn't it? And and the funny thing is, it's 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 about them. It's not about you. That's right. It's about it, it's about it it yeah. Because if, yeah, I mean, if someone sees someone doing exceptional or or in they perceive them to be doing better than them, it makes them feel less. It makes them feel insecure. It makes them question, even if these things are happening on a subconscious level. Some people do that. They're trying to yeah. pull you down to their level so that you don't make them feel bad about themselves. 
Yeah. And you know, like, like, yeah, I keep hearing that, that that saying, you're never you're, you're never gonna find a hater doing better than you. So mm. just don't look behind. That's a great saying. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So do you notice that regionally, even though you know that there's obviously not as many injectors, there are Absolutely. probably some established clinics like yourself. Do you have any relationship with them or do you sort of silo yourselves and hide away? No. I, I think a town like Orange there's room for everyone. I've got a good relationship with a lot of the other injectors. There's a few injectors since I've opened there. I, I feel like they're jumping up all over the place. Yep. You could go and do a course and I'm an injector. And I do take exception with people that say, I've been a nurse for 10 years or I've, I've been a nurse for 10 years. What they don't disclaim is I did my course last week. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've been a nurse for 20, but I don't say I've been injecting for 20. Yeah. Um, but I, but I think there is room in this town for everyone. So there are the standalone injectors that are, are there's some newer girls in town and, and they're quite good. They've got their demographic. Yeah. There's room for the chains. We don't position with yeah. them. Um, but there certainly is, there is that tall poppy syndrome. I, I just in the general community, it, it might not be coming from the injectors. I don't know. But um, Kelly and I were just having a laugh over wines the other night. We were trying to one up each other on the best rumors we've heard about ourselves oh, right. in the do, do share do share yeah it was like, um i i was a kelly was a swinger and i was a <laughs> i think i was a pole dancer and i was like oh wow you know, i'm a 40 year old mother of two right no one's going to pay to come and see that but <laughs> i'll take it sure there's yeah, a market can, for yeah. everyone don't you worry yeah but like just silly stuff and like you said david like they can't pick at our service no. they can't pick it a bad haven't done any bad work so yeah. they're going to pick at something really yeah it's um, jealousy. Jealousy <laughs> is, a, is a curse. I was just thinking back to what you're saying about people that are saying they've been nurses for 10 years, but have been injecting for two weeks. Can you imagine if you're like your pilot of your plane? Oh, I've had uh, a driver's license for 10 years, but I've been, I've had, a, <laughs> I've been flying a plane for one week. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the red eye. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh. interesting. Yeah. What about your training? So you, you said that you got into this having been inspired by, you know, some chat with plastic surgeons, but yeah. where did you start? How, how did yeah. you train? So I, I worked literally under um, Dr. Philip Rome at the time. He was based in Macquarie Street and was directly trained by direct companies straight under Allegan. Yeah. Um, this is 2010. So it's changed. the industry's changed a lot since then. I found it quite disconcerting with the with the um, credibility of the plastic surgeon above me. came out, did a day off you go. And I was like, whoa, that felt like a lot. So I, I did seek out my own training over the years mm-hmm. um, and it's evolved a lot. So apart from conferences and things like that, as I've worked under multiple different models, I've honed everything down. I work under fresh clinics yep. yeah. um, under the Johns and I use, I make sure I have regular training with them and yep. my team have regular training with them. And I get a certain amount of hands-on clinical training each year, but it started very organically direct companies, direct products under direct doctors. And depending which doctor I worked under, that was the product I was going to be using. Right. If the guys in America or elsewhere are wondering what Fresh is, um, we have done an episode with them a long, 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 long time ago. Well, I think they just opened in Texas. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, wow. well, that, that's news as well then. Mate, well, I'm pretty sure. Sorry, John and John, if I've, blown, I've spoiled that flow. <laughs> in the cover. But I'm pretty sure. Well, <laughs> well I, called John, I called John the other week just to catch up, and he's like, oh, I'm in the States. I'll call you when I come back. And then I caught up with them last week, and, yeah, they have launched in the States. But there's so many complications with 
Like it's it really is fifty two countries or whatever it is in in 50. one spot. Oh. fifty. Oh. Um, yeah, there, there's so much disparity between the the rules and regulations between different mm-hmm. locations, but they are there now. They have a presence in the United States. So to be clear, they're not a clinic. Um, they mm-hmm. are a service that facilitates how mainly nurse injectors can work. Yeah. So prescribing, sourcing stock, yep. training. Um, everything under one umbrella. So yeah. there you go, John. And John, there's a plug for there you. There you go. Well, well, just, just a plug a bit further. Being regionally based, so yeah. the nurse over here, my other nurse is a derm nurse. I want to know if someone's coming into the clinic, they're getting treated the same, same technique, they're, and they're going to get the same service, whether it's yeah. me or my nurse. So Fresh made sure that we were working in the same way. Um, regional challenges, we paid for a trainer to come out couple of thousand dollars a day hands-on wow. trainer yep. he couldn't land orange had fog we're just watching his plane so <laughs> oh wow you know, goodness I, me i'm just, just ticking up the numbers in my head um but they're very good and we have had instances where people like i said have come to our clinic who haven't been treated by us with horrendous um uh, complications and i've had to ring john and say i didn't do, do this you mm. didn't prescribe for this but we have a duty of care to help yeah and in a regional area that is so um, reassuring because yeah. I can always get through to someone. I can always get help. Mm. Um, heading off to their conference in Queensland in a few weeks, oh, yeah. which I'll see you there. On the Nursepreneur, which is a bit exciting. Mm, that's awesome. So I think I might come. It's a business focused conference, a nurse business focused conference. So I can't wait. Are you coming? Yeah, yeah. I've been asked to do, uh, well, I guess it's not a secret, but um, a, a quick talk on my early journey with ultrasound. So just Great. explaining what it's all about because. I'm not there to sell ultrasounds. I'm just there to be honest about why I've done it and and why you might want to consider it. Um, And then this isn't quite confirmed, but I'll I'll definitely be doing some live injecting of some capacity. I won't give away what in case it changes. I'm definitely going to come now. Yeah. (laughs) And then I might do some training with Allegan on the Thursday. Kelly's going up, I mentioned. So I'm really looking forward to getting together with some others there. Um, They've been a great support for me. And I'm able to streamline my business as well, just yeah. the way you order product and compliance, that sort of stuff. Yeah. What's your thoughts on ultrasound <clears throat> being in a, in a regional area and the fact that you might have people coming to you that have got issues, complications? Mm. Yeah. Have you given that I mean, any thought? Well, in- well, we position ourselves as being, you know, what we do, we're very experienced, we're very safe. Yeah. Um, we're very conservative in our aesthetic and anything that comes onto the market that speaks to that in terms of particularly safety, I'm interested in. Yeah. When I moved here, I messaged um, an eye surgeon here just mm-hmm. to say, hi, you don't know me. I don't know you. Should <laughs> I ever have an incident, could you be my person? Because we know sending someone particularly to a regional-based yeah. emergency department is not going to go very well for them. So I had to set my own sort of risk management tree. Mm-hmm. Um I can't do a retrobulbar injection, um, but I would love to do something more like ultrasound. I, just anything like that that's going to help me sleep at night, mm-hmm. particularly in a regional area, and having to see people down the street would, would be all for it. Well, hopefully I can inspire the nurses at Fresh Life <laughs> and we'll get the ball rolling. No, seriously, I, mean, um, I, yeah. I, I think for a lot of people right now, it, it seems to have come not early, but you know, no opportunities were available to train during COVID. We've come out of COVID and suddenly there's a couple of opportunities to train and people are like, oh, I don't know where to start and I don't know if I should invest and I don't know if it's for me. There's a lot of questions, um, but it's not that they don't want to. It's just they're not quite sure how to start or why should they start. So, yeah. yeah. Hard to navigate. So I'm very looking forward to hearing about that. Yeah. Awesome. I I think pretty soon patients will start 
demanding it. Um, I think that not all patients, but yeah. I think that there is a, a definitely a, a growing segment of of the of the of the consumer market or patient market who stay on the oh. forefront. Like they sometimes know more about new products than injectors. I mean, they're just so well educated and so well informed. It and is I nice think, to see an educated market. And you and you will start. Yeah, and I and I think you'll start seeing the haves and the have-nots, and I think the people that have ultrasound will market the absolute shit out of it. Mm. Um, and again, and I don't like pointing towards negativity, but you can bet that they will start talking about all the risks that can happen. You'll start to see more people talking about blindness and necrosis and strokes and all these sorts of things that can happen with, with injections. And so you will see people who have gone and invested and taken the time and gone through the pain of educating themselves on ultrasound start to differentiate themselves and market themselves quite heavily. So I, my strong belief is that anyone who wants to remain at the forefront should probably get on the front foot with this because you will get left behind once this yeah. gets traction and things move very quickly these days, very quickly. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's exciting. Yeah. And also just because you are regional, it gives you that differentiation of, well, yeah. I do something different. No one that's else right. does this at this side of yeah. Australia. That's what you need is that unique selling proposition. That's what we can say with our laser. No one has this laser yeah. in the central West. You yeah. know, we, we have this laser and it specializes on damage and pigmentation so, yeah. and vascular damage. So we that's we need those unique selling propositions yeah. as well. Um, but I believe in it more of it, more than just as a selling proposition. I, I Safety is a big well, yeah. part of why I would be interested in that. Well, I mean, even as you said, you get a lot of patients that come to you that require dissolving or have got complications. Mm. Even you might not be able to get their notes. You might not be able to get hold of the practitioner that administered the treatment or patients. Yeah. Patients might we, not tell you the truth sometimes. Um, you can actually, was, um, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, can actually, yeah. we had one yeah. that we're writing up for actually yeah. for the for a journal. She had, it was very interesting. She had a filler in Western Sydney in June, mm -hmm. lip filler. And she had a COVID vaccination on the same day. Oh. Um, and then, no one had checked her history or that that was a problem. And then in November she got COVID and her lips blew up. And by the time she was out of isolation, she walked into my clinic off the street with the biggest horrid, horrendous, I had to ring John and we got her on high-dose prednisone, a whole heap of other things, high lace it down. But, yeah, like you never know what's going to come through the door, where yeah. it's going to come from. I had no details on her. I had no idea what product, anything. That's quite scary. Um, what is your product choice out of interest? What, what, what do you True. like and what have you used in the past and why did you change your mind if you did? We offer all three toxins. Yeah. Um, Sammy's come from an Allergan background. I use a, mostly Galderma. Uh, but we also offer Zoom in on the market and we're, and we're very transparent with the patients. We priced them so that the toxin disports sort of work out equal in mm -hmm. terms of dosage mm -hmm. and the Zoom is a little cheaper and we give them the option because often you'll have a patient that comes and says, I've just got this wedding next month. I've just got to get to there. We charge per unit as well. So very transparent with our units and our pricing on our um, toxins. Fillers, we uh, I was using a lot of Bellaterra, still do, but I really like Stylage. I, mm -hmm. uh, Stylage mm -hmm. has become a real workhorse for us in the lower face, particularly if someone's got, they can only afford one mil, but they just want half in the lips and a little bit of marionette or oral comb. You can, it's a really great product. So we've been using an awful lot of that. Um, we do boosters um, and we use Redensity 1. Um, we have Alicuro PRP products. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Can, I ask, you, can uh, I ask you a tricky question? If, oh, if, oh, if oh. price wasn't an issue, why would you choose your choice, Stylage versus any other range? Because presumably you've used the other ones. So yeah. what, what does it offer you that's different or better? I've used, I've used all of them. 
to be honest, like price, price does come into it, but I would I would never um, cut the quality for the price. Yeah. I would never I would never go under just just for price. Yeah. Um, but I just find the range. I don't know. Maybe it's the theatre nurse in me. The fact that you've got small, medium, large, <laughs> yeah. large. Like I just love the simplicity of it. Yeah. Um, I just I, I really like the simplicity of it, and I find that it's a very forgivable product. Yeah, very forgivable product. But keeping in mind that a lot of my patients have a lot of environmental damage on their skin. There's a lot of sun-damaged skin. If you pick mm. the wrong filler product, you're going to feel it under their skin. There's some um, lots of primary producers out here who come yeah. in. They want their crow's feet done or they want some filler. They've never worn sunscreen or a hat in their life um, <laughs> and their tissue is so thin. And I find the style just very, very forgiving. Okay. Yeah. So speaking of thin tissue, thoughts on Profilo? Have you brought it into your clinic oh, yet or is it coming? Place my order. Yeah. Got my training lined up. Yeah. yeah. I was like, um, <coughs> it was like lining up for a concert or something, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> I was getting refreshed till I could take the order. Um, but because my patients are 35 to 55, if you're talking skin type with Fitzpatrick one and two, um, so age, the aging process is the environmental aging on the skin is really unkind, um, out here. So I'm hoping that this is going to be a really great thing for our clinic. And like you said, with the ultrasound, no one else has got this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's going to be perfect for Australians full stop. Mm. I mean, yeah, yes, of course. In terms of that. Yeah, your rural patients. Accelerated aging from the sun. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I was talking to some colleagues just from the UK and, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, someone like, ah, oh, you know, I'm not so sure I'm seeing results. Others love it. But is this a profiler? Or profiler, profiler, yeah. But at the end of the day, every product that you choose is about patient selection. And mm. I think in Australia, this is a really general comment, but, you know, the Australian skin is a thing. Mm. It's it's damaged. And, and the more rural you go, the more likely you, you are to encounter yeah. it. So I think yeah. it's going to be um, a bit of a no-brainer treatment, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about adding it to the toolkit. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, when we had Cara in the studio last week, she said, um, you know, obviously once, uh, maybe for your regular patients, you've already consented, already spoken to, already got photos of, et cetera. Um, you can just add it on to one of your toxin mm. treatments or mm. at the end of a standard filler treatment because it's so easy quick minimum downtime uh and you know from a business perspective it's 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 a great little um generator mm. yeah and um i followed your photos jake you didn't look like you had any downtime at all uh like it's for like about lump. four lump. or five hours i've still got like maybe i can feel it maybe not see it but yeah. just here um the neck ones for me took slightly longer because it's thinner skin obviously but mm. i woke up today Fine, no bruises, happy. Um, in terms of, you know, you, you mentioned yeah. it felt like Botox stings. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, just prolonged yeah. Botox stings because yeah. obviously it takes. Oh, you both had it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, please. Oh, please, yeah. David, please. probably the first in Australasia or Oceania to get do you, it. Do you know who you're talking to? I mean, like, <laughs> if there's. Hey, we, we've got have access you, to the. <laughs> have you met me? I mean, <laughs> I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah. No, yeah. Just, what, what I mean is, I love. I'm always. I'm always. Up Mr. Put, Collagen. Um, I'll put my hand up for anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. I, I think for the last 15 years, you've probably been Mr. Guinea Pig, Mr. Yeah. Collagen. Uh, but no, you're looking good. Looking, looking glowy. You both look very glowy to me. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, it look, it, I, I think it'd be awesome. So how will training work for you guys? Is it delayed? Well, because... that's the thing, that you've got to get to Sydney. So I still travel to Sydney once a month um, to inject with the plastic surgeons, and I've convinced one of them, one of the reconstructives, just as an aside, to come out here because we don't have a plastic reconstructive right. surgeon. 
So Rohit Kumar's operating out here now and I'm doing his postdoc care. But for me to go to, down there and to work down there, I'm closing the clinic behind me here. Mm, yeah. Um, so to go down for an extra day of training, I'm being the biggest pain. I'm going through fresh clinics in their side saying, I know you've got this date and this date, but could I train on this date because I'm coming down? Um, I'm in back and forth with them at the moment. It'll be in the next week or two though. Okay. Well, if you get stuck, I'm now a trainer for Profilo. Oh. So you can ask, because uh, I've got lots of Sydney dates. So oh, that putting would be it out amazing. there. Yeah. Let's have a little chat. Because if I can line it up, that's it's just something I really struggle with. One thing, good thing to come out of COVID was a lot of people moved to webinar training. You mm. know, a few years ago, if you wanted to learn about a new product, you had to go to a fancy hotel at that time and go to the dinner. And great if you live in Sydney. Um, but it's just harder when you're yeah. four hours away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you never really think about these things. But, you know, like you mentioned before, your stock. I mean, I had a panic last week. I I had ordered my stock, but for some reason, my credit card didn't go through. But they didn't tell me. And so I get to my clinic after that crazy week of A22 and Profilo launch, etc., to find out I've got two uh, boxes of toxin left. I was like, shit, what am I going to do? I've done that. So for you, (laughs) it could be like several days, not just like the next day delivery. One of my best friends is a urologist and she uses a lot of Botox in surgery. And I've had to ring the private hospital and say, hi, I'm a friend of this surgeon's. Um, (laughs) Have you got some spare? It's just, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It's it's really hard. Uh, How long would it take um, for you? Like, would it be? It's it's usually about four or five days. Oh, geez. Yeah, Yeah. that's crap. And during COVID, don't ask me why, but uh, the cold chain transport during COVID, it would only go as far as Lithgow, which was class as Greater Sydney. And then from there, it was an extra $400. Oh, my God. Wow. Train transport. So I was sending my husband on literal drug runs down to lift going back. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, what did the children tell everyone when they went back to school after lockdown? Daddy's we a did drug, drug runs to lift go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, we know how some of these rumors start now, Kylie. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. I know. That was good. But it's just challenging. I said, I'm not paying $450. Yeah. I remember when I had my businesses in Canberra. You couldn't order. And I think Canberra probably gets a bit more attention than Orange just because it's a bit, you know, a bit more of a city. But um, you you wouldn't be – you'd have to order on Wednesday. Mm. Otherwise, you're not – don't bother ordering till Tuesday kind of thing just uh, because, yeah. It's a horrible feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard for cash flow too from a business perspective because you've got to place big orders. So, you, yeah. you're sort of going, no, okay. Don't yeah. have that cash yet. So I'd love to place a month's order worth of toxin filler, but I can't. So oh, that's a lot of money. It's, it's I a lot. feel like that kid in the canteen that sits down with their sort of P and L, you know, each week and goes, Okay, how much can I how much can I buy for this? <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. Oh, I just thought of a business idea. I'll talk to you about that offline. Okay. <laughs> um, spinning this back to Injector Diaries topics, um, what, what, what's your sort of aesthetic style and, and maybe how has it changed over, you know, as, as you've learned and stuff? The aesthetic style I find uh, has changed since I've moved to the country. It's incredibly conservative. Yeah. You're, you're in a town where most people won't admit to having had treatment. Yeah. They want to look like they woke up that way. On an aside, it makes it very hard for me in a social situation when people say, do you know Kylie? And I just stand there like <laughs> yes. a fool waiting for them to say, nice to meet you. And I think, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, for the 20th time, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I used to have that when uh, we used to work in uh, a shopping mall together, Dave and I, that's where <laughs> one of his clinics was. And even now I left 
what two two and a half years ago oh, at least even now every time i go shopping with my wife i bump into old patients and of yeah. course they're with their husband and their kids and and it's exactly the same i have to kind of ignore them because yeah. i'm not going to say oh hi how are you going right. uh blah 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 right. and then the husband goes so how do you know this guy who, who is think, he i think you're having an affair exactly. yeah exactly. <laughs> no husband knows no husband knows and if you're in harris farm with your friend i go hey jake the friend goes Oh, you know, oh. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. They so put two and two together. That's really challenging. So the aesthetic is very um, conservative out here. Um, it is very rare that we'd have a patient that we do more than two meals on at a time. Yeah, right, okay. Um, and it's hard to sort of talk them up. You, you're so volume depleted, you're going to need two or three meals. It's hard to have that conversation with them. Um, so, it's, But the good thing is because we're here all the time making a treatment plan, little bit, little bit, little bit, even if they do have the disposable income or the means to have toxin filler at the same time, most people won't because yeah, they okay. don't want to look like they've had anything done. The only difference is there would be the people that come in from further west. They're coming from Canoundrol, Canara, yeah. or even further west, and they're like, this is my day, do it. But most people, it's very small incremental treatments with a long-term yeah. plan. I have to get up a map here. I don't know where these And I'm assuming are. Uh, lots of cash payments. <laughs> Jake, don't worry, neither did I. <laughs> when I moved here, I did a bit of theatre work. I was trying to discharge people on day surgery to Brewarina, which is about six hours away. Our health district is bigger than Germany. Wow, <laughs> that's insane. Uh, here we yeah. go. Uh, I'm like, they're a day procedure. Off you go home. Well, I found orange, but uh, and then parks, that's even further. Yeah, west. parks is further. So, Jeez. yeah, the, consen- the uh, aesthetic is very conservative. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, but so for those patients who do travel in from those more mm-hmm. distant places, so they, they sort of put a big spend down and then you don't see them for six, 12 months or? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it can sometimes, some of them will, will even come, you know, they're coming into Orange to see their lawyers or accountants and things like that as well, but they'll come and stay overnight because they'll want an energy based device service, yeah. like mm. a big laser. Yeah. Uh, but they also want Botox and filler. And can you do some high food? And it's like, right we can we just got to figure this out yeah so yeah that's a little challenging sometimes so um talk to me about your future plans you said you've got a vision it seems like you're you're still in very early stages of 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 this business so what sort of what's the ultimate sort of goal or or even just take us through somewhere like the i guess the milestones that you're looking to sort of reach on on the journey to this final sort of vision it's the little things i'd like to get the Older products more than a week in advance. But yep. once I can really, um, what do they say in the business world, embed, embed what I've learned yep. here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm really pleased with the systems and processes that I've set up. Mm-hmm. The booking system speaks to the FPOS system, which speaks to the zero. I, I've done that. I've got it set up. Once it's really embedded and rolling, I, I would love to replicate it. Right. And um, if, even though I'm a Sydney gal originally, and I still travel and work with the Sydney surgeons, I really think that there is a demand for regional quality, regional services. Yep. And I enjoy it. I yep. like the country. Um, right. I like a chat. You can't tell. You know, I like <laughs> the, that. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what I would like to see. I'd like to repeat what I've learned here and do another one. Right. And so, and, and sort of where would you be thinking? Have you got any sort of places on the map that you've got a tentative mm-hmm. X next to? Well, out of respect, I wouldn't go north. I think Kelly's really got that sort of yeah. sorted out. So it'd be west or south. There's there's a few big towns around that I think don't have a huge amount yep. there in terms of offering, but a decent population and decent industry. Um, and I think sometimes they lose out with the fly-in, fly-outs or people mm-hmm. that are just there to make a buck. Yep. So, yeah, 
I'd like to sort of expand quality services into more regional oh, Exciting. What, what is your booking system? Because we, we've discussed oh, yes. this a lot and we might even do some episodes just on, yeah. on that business angle. But yeah. um, oh, what do you use? That'd be a great business. Yeah, business one. Um, we use Katomba. Okay. It's not a flawless system, but when people book online, it then comes through and at the end of the day, it all reconciles over to zero. Yeah, it speaks to the FBOS machine. It's it's quite good. They, we can send reminder messages, follow-ups through Katomba as well. Yeah. Um, it's nice. Yeah. yeah. Does it integrate your clinical photography into it? Yes. Oh, that's good. Mm. Yes, which is which is good. And then, um, but a lot of our clinical photography is scripted, goes under the Fresh app yep. so that we can pull that up as well. Um, but that is that was a real challenge. That was something I hadn't had to do before. Mm-hmm. Technology is not my strength. Website marketing, that's not my strength. So mm-hmm. having to find people that can help me with that has been challenging. And then having to learn how to do it myself because I don't have the money to pay mm. people to do it. Um, that's been quite challenging. And I've thrown a lot of money at things retrospectively over the last nine months that haven't worked. Yep. So sort of learning where to spend. Um, yep. Yeah. Challenging. What what hasn't worked? I mean, just I mean, it's all been that the purpose of the podcast, I guess, is everyone yeah, to learn from, no, from, 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 from good and the bad. So if you're comfortable, it's a shame. Marketing. Yeah. we threw a heap of money at marketing, print, radio, oh, radio, yeah, yeah. Oh, in regional that kind of works. Still big yeah. in the country, yeah. but what it comes down to, I suppose, because of the stigma and the fact that people don't really openly admit to having things done, is word of yeah, quiet, quiet right. word of mouth. Yeah. So we don't spend much on uh, advertising at all now. It's almost we, every first patient through the clinic, we ask them how they heard of us. And it's almost 100% word of mouth or social media. Yeah. So that was a lot of money that I didn't need to spend. Yep. Please um, tell me you had a jingle or a quirky bit of music for your radio advert. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Wouldn't that be fun? Do you know the other thing that we did that worked really well actually in the country is that we got contacted by the local racing group to sponsor fashions on the field. Now we're in uniform every day. I don't know much about fashion, but sure. So, and it's turned into a real success. So we go out to the country races four times a year, walk around, speak to all the nicely dressed people and uh, judge the fashions on the field. Yeah. That was a fun little interesting different marketing exercise. Yeah. It is interesting, but it's it's, it's, it's unique. I think there's a lot more opportunities Really, like you said, everyone knows face each other, face. but of course, not that you have to, but it's almost stupid to not embrace all of your local, yeah. whoever, business owners and, and just do stuff. I'm the president of the local country women's association. Oh, okay. Yeah, you've got, to, you've got to get into it. You've yeah. got to, in a community, if you're not giving back or being involved, yeah, yeah. you've just, you've got to really immerse yourself. So do you make a good lamington? I'm the worst. Oh, but really? I did, I, I did um, <laughs> yeah no no i'm not between myself and the urology surgeon though yes. we're, we're not your average cwa right can you explain what a lamington <laughs> oh, is so there will the, be no scones for yeah our, the, the country the, my, yeah my grandma used to be involved in the country women's association and it was it's like a like a little charity sort of well it's not even little it's big it's a big association they're all over australia a, but i yeah. remember she was always making lamingtons for like to sell at these where they used to go to the easter show and all sorts of bits yeah. and pieces so it's a bit of a like a, a stereotypical thing in the country women's association like you associate like cakes and scones and, and lamingtons scones. and what is it for the people who don't know oh, what lamington it's like two sponge cakes yeah on top of each other with like cream jam in the middle and then like rolled in chocolate with uh desiccated coconut on top there they're you go. Good. They're very good, actually. They're very I, good. I do like a lamington. Don't pretend you don't have a lamington. No, but it's for, <laughs> come on, we've got to educate the, the, the IA yeah, people it's, a very, it's like Pavlova. It's a very... No, Austra- it's, oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. It's a very Don't Australian try and claim thing. Pavlova. That's no, 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 no. Yeah. I don't like Pavlova. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Apparently it's New Zealand, right? 
What? In New Zealand. Did uh, they invent it? I thought that's, it was Australia. That's what I, that's, yeah. That, that's a no, raging battle. We just <sighs> took it and marketed it Well, it's ours now. There you go. There we go. <laughs> like Russell Crowe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've got another question. We mentioned A22. If you look back over your last, what, 10 years of injecting, whatever, what, what's been the best educational thing you've been to? And we can divide it into conference and yeah. say books or something else. Or our podcast. Or, or our podcast, of course. <laughs> the yes. podcast, no, the podcasts are really important for me. Again, regionally, it's great. It's a great way to access and tap into a community. Yep. And when I first started injecting, I was a contractor in other businesses. I didn't have a team. I didn't have a, a, a mentor group. I was lucky to work under a cosmetic surgeon in Sydney who had really experienced nurses with him. And they've become like, they were an amazing, they're an amazing mentor group. But podcasts are excellent. I found a lot of the conferences... Um, can be quite didactic mm-hmm. and just a, a bit challenging. Um, and the way it's going towards things that are more interactive or more involved, like A22, 2022, um, I just loved that. I, I mean, it was intense. I was exhausted. We were exhausted. <laughs> yeah. I was exhausted. Um, and, <laughs> and I didn't do the Saturday night two and a half hours of sleep and I was still exhausted just with the content. Yeah. Um, but I think that more we can do that sort of hands-on and collaborative, really sharing our ideas and knowledge rather than just someone standing up with a PowerPoint slide. What I loved about aesthetics wasn't just don't stand up there and tell me you're a good injector. Show me you can inject. That was really good to see the demonstrations. Yeah. Um, and I do like the conferences. I've learned a lot of the ones that are multimodality, like your um, non-surgical symposiums and things like that, where you've got uh, a program that's all injecting, a program that's all energy-based devices and a program that's on the business of running the business. So you can pick your sessions and you can really utilize your time. Yeah. Um, I found them incredibly, yeah, beneficial. Mm. What about any books or anatomy atlases, anything that you've I've bought? Got, I've got a whole heap of books out there. I've got the the standard anatomy atlas, which is by the big one. Like, don't ask me who it's from. But we, And I've got the unique, your unique faces. Oh, oh Yes. By Anita East. Yes. And that's something we like we have it all in the waiting rooms, in the coffee table. Yeah, we've got one as well, actually. Yeah. Um, and part of our um consultation process, we've got the flip chart with here are your muscles, here's the fat compartments, this is what it looks like. Education and that sort of stuff's really important to us and the patients. Mm. Mm. I found out yesterday Anita's writing version two. Oh, is she? Yeah. What's it oh, called? I don't know. Right. I can't give that away. She'll have to come back and tell us. Right. I'm sure wow. she's listening. <laughs> We've given away a lot of secrets today. Hopefully we're not yeah, going to get... Podcasts, books, conferences. Firebombed. Um, <laughs> webinars. Yeah. Okay. And I think the companies are putting out good content now too um, in this post-COVID time. They're not waiting to launch something at an event or and they're quite generous with their information too. So it's nice you can tap into all the different um, company trainings. Yeah, absolutely. We've actually kind of covered this, but I'm just going to ask you again. What's your number one toxin and why? I like Dysport. Why? I like Dysport. I find it lasts for me. I find it lasts the longest with the patients. I find in a, the unit sizes, the fact that you can break it down and be mm. quite um, targeted with mm-hmm. it in, an, in a demographic that is wants incredibly conservative results. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just, I find it. It's it's easiest for me. It's the easiest stuff to work with, and that's the one I've worked with the longest. The my cosmetic surgeon that I worked with for many years, Peter Backrich. He's mm-hmm. Oh yeah, auto only. If you can and remember back, what what ratio do you use compared to to, uh, Botox units? Is it two and a half? Two and a half. It's still two and a half. Okay. Uh, yeah, two and Fair a half enough. times. So we price it at two and a half less. 
So our Botox is priced, I mean, we're all friends here, our Botox is priced at $20 a unit and yep. the disc is at 8 All right. Jeez, I'm so. moving to orange. <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't do um, that. Yeah. So- and, and Zio is less. Yeah. yeah. Um, same question, but for Philip, um, I think you sort of said uh, Bellaterra and Stellage. Well, a specific okay. filler. Oh, okay, so which one even in the range? If, you could, if you're in a desert island, you've got one Stalage type M. of filler. Stellage <laughs> M would be my workhorse, yeah. Yeah, right. Anything anything from like basically perioral down, I could use Stellage M. Okay. Um, yeah, that's my one pick, my desert island pick. And we've got uh, one thing I haven't spoken about, which I, I think is important when you're planning for the patient is the skincare and the retail as well. So yeah. even though retail makes up a small amount of your income, it's still an important. And out here, that is part of the education. Yeah. Don't come to me for crow's feet. If you've been on the land for 40 years and haven't worn a hat or sunscreen, have some dermat energy sunscreen. Like, yeah, so that educating people about skincare as well. Mm. What what brands do you stock? Is it only that one you just mentioned? Um, Energy is our main brand. Yeah. It's, an, it's Australian made, Australian owned. And what country people, I we like to say, you know, they can smell bullshit at 20 paces. When yeah. I worked in other um, clinics, you'd see skincares that had 12-step regimes and 24-karat gold leaf, and then that's all really nice. <laughs> um, but it's such a great range. It's got a white label. If they've never used anything and they've only ever used supermarket brands, they can get a serum for $60 and a cleanser for 40 and they're going to see results. And you can move them up into the black label, which has higher percentages of mm. ingredients, good ingredients, really high percentages of ingredients, and they're going to see better results. So it's a really simple cleanse, correct, protect, clean your face, correct it with a serum, moisturizer, sunscreen, that's it. Um, but good quality products at good, strong percentages. Mm. I have to say, I think... Every time I speak to a patient about skincare and what's your regime and what do you do, it's very clear that most people don't understand. And and mm. up until a few years ago, I probably didn't understand. So the I sim- do find it funny that they balk at spending a couple of hundred dollars on skincare, but they are happy to throw a heap of money at an anti wrinkle treatment yes. or something like or that. Or at the pub. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> or at the CWA. Yeah. Just wear the sunscreen, yeah. Karen. Just wear the sunscreen. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. Um, cannula. What's your favorite make and size and why? TSK. Yeah. TSK, 25 gauge, um, 50 millimeter. Love your work. Same. That would be my fave. Yes. That would be my desert my desert island cannula. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> David, next one's for you. I love <laughs> We're talking about desert island. We're not worried about food or no. survival. <laughs> Just filler and tucks. <laughs> yeah. um, aspiration. Are you an aspirator or a non-aspirator? This is controversial. It is. Um, I don't. Okay. My nurse does. And right. uh, when we've come out for the fresh, uh, you know, we come out for the trainings and the trainers come out and they say, so of course you always aspirate. And Sammy's looking at me going, side-eyeing me. <laughs> but I just, um, to the bone and then just micro-movements. Okay, so you're an oscillator. We call it oscillating on the subcoast. Where's your oscillator versus aspirator? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm an oscillator versus an aspirator, oh, yeah. Are you but an ultrasounder? An ultrasounder, yeah. I, I, no, I'm, I'll save that for another podcast. <laughs> I, I, I think that ultrasound may supersede both things. Oh, there you go. Putting yeah. it out there. Okay. It is. Yes. Um, we've kind of covered this to, uh, in many other podcasts, but do you have any novel adjuncts that you use in your clinic for like pain relief or... I don't know, making people feel calmer or, you know, anything cool that you've come across? 
Well, we've got, um, we use the old neural distraction devices and the mm-hmm. patients look at this like, why are you giving me a sex toy? But I find they, they really work. <laughs> they really do work. Yeah. We have an ice machine, which is, which we're, so we'll also ice the patient up. Mm. Okay. It's good for after work drinks as well. I'm like- um, we have a big commercial coffee machine and they just raise some caffeine to really dilate them up before you inject yeah. them. But at least they feel like they're comfortable and, you know, they're, it's a lovely environment to be in. So, yeah, the neural distraction devices, really good topical anesthetics. Occasionally we could do, we'd do a block. I'm training blocks, but I'm not a dental yeah. block. But yeah. getting a needle to get a needle doesn't really make sense to me. Uh, yeah. I'm waiting for the day someone says midazolam. <laughs> oh, and we do have internox. We have internox. All right. Oh, okay, you do. So well, what, what we do you use that for? Of, we have internox gas, the good old happy That's gas. The, um, uh, or we do a lot of platelet-rich plasma in the scalp. Mm. Okay. That can get men. a bit bitey, yes. And, and I don't know. I'm talking to two men. But in general, I find the pain threshold in men is not as good. Agreed. Yep. I think and, you're bang on the money there. It's true. And and the scalp is so sensitive. If you're injecting the crown with a heap of PRP, it's, yeah, so the gas does help there. We should have asked you ages ago when you first mentioned PRP, what's your take on it? What are you using it best for? Uh, is it skin? Um, is it hair? Is it both? Hair is, is, is well becoming the front runner. We brought it on for just dermis rejuvenation under the eye and the neck. Mm-hmm. Um, but the hair, I'm having fantastic results with the hair. Really? really, really good. Yeah, really good results. So um, developing, if you think women are slow to talk, then the men are even slower. But I'm developing a following um, through the barbershop network mm. um, uh, of patients that come in for hair rejuvenation. Oh. And is it is it work for just halting hair loss or does it actually stimulate new hair growth? Stimulating new hair growth just provided that they're not um, too far gone. If you were like, if they're starting to thin, it's bringing it back. I've got one patient that's got beautiful head of in his crown that it was really starting to thin out. Uh, the photo is fantastic. Mm, so yeah. too far gone, mate. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> As are my temples. I'm not, I'm not excluded from this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, what's the biggest mistake you have made and what did you learn from it? Oh, let me count the ways. I've made so many mistakes. The biggest mistake, I think when I sat back and looked at my first couple of months of what I'd earned is not standing by my brand, trying to chase that dollar. Um, people, like I think you've said before on your podcast, they think they can pick a service off a shelf, like yeah. it's a like a retailer, like it's a retail item, but it's a service item. So too many times I have um sort of fallen on my values or fallen on what I believe to go, yes, I can do it for that price. Or yes, mm. I can, I can price chase or I can give you more units or, and then that just creates, particularly in a town like this, an, an issue. Yeah. So, or discounting for friends and family when you open and things like that. If I, I'd actually sat down one day and ran the maths of what I had made versus what I could have made if I just stood by my values. Yeah. Um, and it's not an easy lesson to learn. No. That's a really good lesson, actually. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it, it always makes sense retrospectively. But at the time, yeah. it's, it's difficult. It's, yeah. Retrospect is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. I can't believe we've got an episode out. Uh, we've we've recorded <laughs> over an hour. It's crazy. And I wouldn't we've have had... done it if I had to stop and think about it. I would have been too nervous. So. Oh. I mean, apart from the ones where me and David have been on, on our own, we've never done one where we're like, fuck it, let's just talk. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
thank you so much it was amazing. for volunteering. It was awesome. Thanks, it's been great it to speak to you. It thank was, you very much. I was a long time fan of the show. It was a real, a real treat. Oh, so awesome. you, you've made my day and made up for my my model that didn't show up. Oh, and, thank uh, you. Very sweet. How, how did you come across the podcast? Yeah, how did you come across this originally? Well, oh, goodness. I don't know. You've been around for a, a while. I think actually Sarah, who I used to work with at RPA, messaged me and said, Baby Jake has a podcast. <laughs> Baby so, Jake. Is that what I was called? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not all they called you. That's hilarious. I moved here when I was about 30. Baby Jake. Four or five. It was hardly a baby. But... <laughs> baby face. I cool. don't know. I like baby that. Jake has a podcast. That's how I got it. It's better the, than old grey Jake, uh, yeah. I bet. Yeah. So. Tommy Jake or something really standard. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like that. That's nice. There you go, baby Jake. Well, thank you, Kylie. We will um, you, get this out very, very quickly this Friday. So, yeah. <laughs> no time um, to think. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah we'll we'll communicate all the things that you need to know and spread the word on social media for us. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, awesome. That, that was fun. That was a nice. That was an enjoyable chat. And uh, David, is this about you telling me it's all going to be okay and I'm I'm going to leave, is, or is this the part where you tell me my business is fine? No, I think you're doing great. I think you're doing really well. I think you've got a captive audience. I think regional has got so much growth potential. You're sort of now where probably the the cities were 10 years ago, Mm. really, in terms of just the way people are conservative, like very minimal treatments, not wanting anyone to know. Um, I think you're setting up a business in a space where there's not really a similar offering. There probably will be more people that will come, but I think that you've got a head start on everyone. Um, I think that I'd be looking to think about strategies to retain these people long-term in your business, whether that be some kind of profit-sharing arrangement, maybe some sort of potential equity buy-in at some point, Mm. um, because these people are your business as as, as much as you are your business. So that's- I rely on them very heavily. Yeah. So that's that. if I was you, that's what I'd be putting my mind toward is thinking those few steps ahead around how do I retain these people forever if that's what you want to do. And yeah. it's it's a difficult mental hurdle for a lot of people who think, oh, I don't want to give away or sell a part of my business because I want to have it all. And that's that's there's nothing wrong with that mindset. But the reality is that by having these people on, you've sort of de-risked your business from patient bleed. Like when I say bleed, like losing mm. them and, and, and becoming, you know, these people potentially could become your pet- competitors one day. Yeah. Um, and taking patience with them, um, just knowing and trusting the people that you work with, continuity for your patients, um, and growing your pie bigger. So having a smaller piece of a larger pie to me and, and sort of de-risking yourself is much better than having 100% of a smaller pie where you don't have yeah. that, you don't have those things locked in place or those people secured for the long term in your business. So that would be my only advice is... If you, do, you. if you do have those aspirations advice. to grow, start thinking about that. That's Agreed. Excellent. That's excellent advice. Thank you very much. It's been um, an absolutely exciting 12 months and absolutely terrifying. It's been the best of times and worst of times. So, yeah, yeah I appreciate all that advice. Can we plug our Patreon? Yes. I feel like we should. Sure. Why not? So, uh, for people who, who, are, who are already in our Inside Aesthetics WhatsApp group, we've been chatting for ages and often we go down rabbit holes and there's education and knowledge and things shared and that's been awesome. But what we've realized is the main thing is obviously the podcast and the podcast is always free. That's there every Friday. But what we have 
thought of is that we have set up a Patreon. So if you don't know what a Patreon is, it's a, effectively a website where um, you know listeners or viewers of a service like a podcast can show their love, support, and so on. So we, we're making the IA WhatsApp group Patreons only. So if you would like to be a Patreon of Inside Aesthetics, um, we'll put up the link um, at the bottom mm -hmm. of the podcast description. But it's just a way of, of helping us basically survive <laughs> <laughs> and continue this every week because yeah. uh, we do it for free um but of course we, we'll actually you know D david's just given a good example we're going to try and give some more business tips um injecting tips yeah we'll talk about um you know off-label stuff um i might even throw some videos in there so it's not just giving us money for nothing we'll actually try and make it something so to make the ia community you know something that lives offline as well as just with the podcast mm. so yeah. there you go there's my pitch my, yeah. my begging hat is going back now <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, but there's more, and there's more, more exciting things to come as well that we're looking to partner with certain people and oh yes yeah yes, so it's it's not just yeah there's there's more to come yeah all right we'll leave Ooh. it there thank you carly for your time have a lovely thank rest you of guys. your day i really appreciate it thank you all right thank see you, you soon thank you Bye. for our latest news upcoming guests and episode topics follow us on instagram at inside aesthetics podcast using the link in our instagram profile you can easily email us text us apply to be a guest on the show follow our personal accounts on instagram and even show your love and support us on patreon 